Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. I'm your host, Jackie Dixon, best-selling author of The Bombshell Manifesto. And my mission is to help you live your manifesto as a biblical bombshell who is healthy, holy, and hot, fully on fire for God, even in the tough areas of body, beauty, and intimacy. I believe our calling is to be fiercely feminine, spreading the gospel as a powerful woman, living out her assignment in all ways. Each week, I'll be giving you motivation, inspiration, and top tips for bombshell living, as well as interviews with bombshells at the top of their game in health, marriage, motherhood, business, and beyond. So you can be inspired to live your own bombshell journey, exploding onto the scene in a way that sets you free and sets the world on fire. Ready, bombshell? If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can find Bombshell Radio in iTunes, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Himalaya. And while you're there, be sure to leave me a review. I'd love to know your thoughts, and I'd love to know who you'd like me to interview next. Hey, ladies, welcome to Bombshell Radio. So I am so excited because as I record this, it's the day before Valentine's Day. My husband is en route, flying here to Dallas to spend the weekend with us. I'm really looking forward to that. I just went to the store this morning with the little kiddos and we bought balloons for everybody and chocolate-covered strawberries and Valentine's Day cards and flowers. So we are excited. But I know that this day, and even just this whole month, right, is what it feels like it can become, Valentine's Day, the decorations are in the stores weeks in advance, can be a time where it's a little depressing, right? And whether you're not married and want to be married, or you're married and things aren't going that well, right? It's always the grass is always greener kind of feeling. This can be a time of year that particularly rubs salt in the wound of not having the kind of relationship that you want because there's so much emphasis on it, right? So in the spirit of lifting your spirits, because I have been there, I used to detest Valentine's Day out of what was actually anger and hurt. I want to share something that I'm going to call love letters when all seems lost. And these are not actually from, you know, the ideal male out there or something like that. These are from ladies who have worked with me specifically in the intimacy courses that I do mostly the O class, and I want to share their stories with you just to give you a sense that even when it feels like there's just no way, you know, there's just no way that it can be better, there's just no way to recover from what we've been through, there's no way to pull out of this spin or even just out of this stalemate, this stall out, this kind of boredom, that there is a way. And these stories are extraordinary. It, um, honestly blows my mind that women are able to make these kinds of transformations using just an online video course <laughs> and group coaching. It's kind of, it's kind of unreal. It really, I think is God using this in a way that is supernatural beyond just what we've put into it on our, our own abilities. So I want to share some of these stories with you. And today I'm starting with a really beautiful one from a lovely, lovely lady named Lori. So she wrote in this really gorgeous tale of where she was, what she went through, and what things are like now. And then I've got a little surprise at you for the end. 
So let's get into it, shall we? I want this to encourage you. I want you to see if you hear yourself anywhere in her story and really feel like the depths of the, the despair that we often feel before there's any kind of transformation where we just don't see how it could be any different, right? This has just been how it is for so long that it feels like the only way it ever could be. And then to watch this beautiful new reality unfold. It's gorgeous. Okay, ready? I'm going to read this to you guys. It's story time. Here's my story up to this point. I think I started your program sometime in June 2018. My name is Lori. I'm 47 years old and I have been married 25 years. I have two daughters, ages 18 and 21. They have been aware of my struggles as much as they have been able to understand for the last five years. We are a Christian family and have always been very involved in church. I retired as a registered nurse about eight years ago and became a nutrition health coach from my home. I homeschooled my girls all the way through high school. About five years ago, the Lord began a deep work in me, connecting me to the right counselors to overcome depression and suicide, which was a stronghold in my family bloodline. I seemingly had no physical reason to be so depressed, except God kept pointing to my marriage bed, my distant relationship with my husband, my poor self-image, low self-esteem, and my husband's porn addiction that just wouldn't go away. As I pressed into the Lord and began praying, literally, without ceasing, he began to show me how to pray specifically for my husband's addiction such as the root of the addiction is low self-esteem in men coupled with idolatry toward women. It keeps them in an ungodly reality, which also constantly steals the main ingredient needed for a wife to feel secure and adored by her husband. So the Lord prompted me to ask him to be my husband those last five years while he did the work in my husband's mind and heart. Yes, five years is a long time to battle intense depression and hopelessness surrounding this issue. But the one thing that kept me going was a vision God had given me right before we entered into all this. He showed me that one day he was going to use what I was about to go through to equip me and my entire family to lead a ministry against human trafficking. He showed me that all the same demons we were coming up against were the very same ones that hold the evil work of the enemy in place. My husband did get victory over the addiction, praise God. He is a new man, sensitive and loving and very supportive of me getting my victory too. Cue the O-class, Jackie Dixon's teaching. Before, I was totally checked out. I had abandoned my own sexual identity and position as my husband's wife. I didn't care if we had sex or not. There was tremendous dread and oppression that came with intimacy for us. I had a very poor self-image and self-hatred. I had bitterness and resentment toward my husband. I didn't want to look at him, much less have sex with him. The struggle was that I thankfully decided to get my identity back, but it wasn't easy. I fought against all the forces of hell and wouldn't have had a chance without the Lord's help. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, you can divorce him if you choose to, but that's not my plan. I have always had a close relationship with God and knew his voice, so I reluctantly agreed to partner with him. How many of us have been there, right? Okay, God, I know that you're saying this and I don't want to do it, but I will. I was taking a bath, which is my personal sanctuary, when I received an email from my niece encouraging me to listen to one of Jackie's webinars. I knew instantly that God was telling me I needed the information she had. I prayed some more, I talked to my husband, and he surprisingly agreed that we needed to make this investment. We were both very unhappy at the time and desperate for a change. To be honest, my husband and I agreed to use any tithe money we would have given to the church for several months and put it toward this instead. We knew somehow that it would lead others to getting the help they needed, including keeping this from being an issue for our two daughters someday. Turns out this is the best investment we have ever made because of the breakthrough we received. The turnaround. I had believed the lies that at age 47, I had passed up the time to experience healthy sex 
and what in the world could this Jackie have to help me? She's a young, healthy, and fit wife and young mother with a seemingly perfect marriage, beaming with all the self-confidence that seemed very out of reach for me. This may sound hard to believe, but as I obeyed God's prompting to make this a priority and allow myself to put time and attention on this area, he supernaturally began shifting me, giving me hope and confirmation along the way. God gave me two Bible verses to encourage me. Romans 12, one through two says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He has used Jackie's wisdom and teaching to renew my thoughts about myself and sex. I can't describe how my self-confidence has improved since last summer. My taste in clothing style and colors has changed from drab and boring to cheerful and bright. The second verse is from Psalm 138, seven through eight. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. The Lord will accomplish all that concerns me. I had to start telling myself daily, sex was created for me to enjoy. And I accept myself completely the way God created me for sex. God also prompted me to break and renounce a programming I had unknowingly agreed to in my body of idolatry toward other women. The enemy had me stuck in captivity of constantly comparing myself with younger, prettier women, which was keeping me in a hopeless place. I would never have measured up to them or gained self-worth by jealousy or comparison. He revealed to me through Jackie's coaching a cycle many women fall into. We had become hamsters on a wheel going nowhere. One, Poverty, feeling like we lack what we need or not being where we want to be. Two, pride, attempting in our own power to get there. It works with the spirit of religion, forcing us to conform to a list of false expectations. Three, fatigue and exhaustion, feeling like a failure, powerless and discouraged. Four, self-reward and gluttony, resorting to unsatisfying things such as shopping, overeating, pity parties, or wearing I give up clothing, etc. Five, guilt and shame beating ourselves up, keeping a negative self-image. This usually leads to self-condemnation, depression, and or self-hatred. Six, jealousy comparison toward other women, such as if I were a size six like her, I would be satisfied in my body. But the truth is that size six woman is struggling with as much shame, guilt, and self-hatred and isn't satisfied in her body either. I know because I've been a size six for most of my adult life. This cycle then starts over again and there is no victory in it at any point the transformation. I gradually began looking forward to sex again, but God had placed a fire in me, a sense of needing to get justice by taking back ownership of my marriage bed from the enemy. God has my husband reading the Bible more and having deep spiritual conversations with me. We finally have come to the place where we pray together and he prays over my healing to be complete. I have never had more help in this area of my life as I do now. We are on a journey to wholeness from where there has been multifaceted healing and deliverances. My self-esteem, his self-esteem, each of our parents' relationships, each of our views of sex and marriage, and each of our mental and physical health. The now, I feel like I have entered into a whole new season of life. I'm more comfortable in my own skin now. I don't have timidity or paranoia regarding my body when I'm with my husband intimately. He's noticed the change in me too. I have not yet arrived. God is still cleansing my thoughts and my body of all the past negativity, but I'm looking forward to more freedom and joy that I know is coming. Thank you, Jackie, for acting on the desires God has placed in your heart to help other women. I so appreciate your obedience to the call for this very sensitive but necessary work. May God bless you abundantly with additional wisdom and strategies as you continue to bring heaven to earth, which with much love and happy tears, Lori. Oh man, I get happy tears at the end of reading that too, every time I do. 
So we get a lot of testimonials in and they are gorgeous. They're like this and that the woman has really beautifully. And I think, you know, you guys, if you haven't before shared your own story with someone, you have to recognize how scary it is to do that. Okay. How intimidating it is to open up and be vulnerable. Even once you've experienced some kind of transformation to describe that before and to describe the messiness of the journey and the back and forth, you know, the, the, oh my gosh, can I do it? But God's still working on me. All of this stuff takes an extraordinary amount of courage. So for every woman who writes in and shares with us and then is willing for us to share it broader to give other women encouragement, reassurance, hope, really, it deserves a round of applause. Okay. I want you guys to, to understand that it's such a big deal, but what a gorgeous story, right? First, love the fact that she had been married for 25 years and kind of felt like this is just it. You know, we're in this, this stronghold point. And I love women who have been married a long time. And I think that sometimes it can be presented in the church that because you've been married for a long time, you must have answers, right? You must know exactly what you're doing. And it really doesn't give those women an option in a way to admit that, you know, we're actually really stuck or we're actually still struggling on something or a new problem has come up and we're struggling with it. Or we've been working on something for a long, long time. And frankly, there hasn't been much progress. So I love her openness here. I love this perspective and the, the truth that she's willing to kind of present and the fact that there has been so much forward motion and deliverance from so many things for her. So my little surprise to you guys is that Lori is actually here with me right now and super bravery, talk about super bravery, has agreed to a little mini interview around this story that she sent in and giving us more details and more backstory and more about her experience. I'm so excited and grateful that she's willing to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her on here and you guys will get to hear from her. All right. Lori, are you with me? Hello. Hello. Hello, friend. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. So you heard your own story, right? Sometimes I reread the things that I write just to remind myself of the journey and, and really remind myself of what was in my heart. Like, oh my gosh, that's right. You know, reading your own words sometimes. So first, how do you feel hearing that again? It brought some emotions back at Yeah, from when I bet it did. Wrote it. Totally. Yeah. And so I think you did an amazing job describing what you guys were coming out of, kind of the backstory. But I know that when we talked on the phone earlier, you used this particular phrase that I was really struck by, which was that you felt sexually dead, like just this whole part of your life had been turned off or lost. So could you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? Like, what did that feel like and look like to you? Hmm. I guess just a numbness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when you're little, you grow up and you watch the fairy tales and the movies. They portray this thing that we should all feel. And I honestly never felt that. Mm. And I didn't know how to get it. And when I talked to my mom years ago, she didn't know how to get it either. She didn't have it either. So I realized it was a generational longing, a generational loneliness where my womanhood was concerned. And I don't know, I just felt the Lord stir in my heart to, to dive deep with him and try to find it and get it back because I felt like with his help, it was something I could attain. Mm. 
that's awesome. And where, I mean, your niece sent you the link to my work, but what other resources were you finding or were you not finding on this? Like what kind of prompted you, or maybe it was just God himself to be like, you know, I want to dig more deeply into this area. It was God himself because I didn't know anybody till you that had a biblical perspective that offered help. Mm-hmm. And I did have a, I, I still do have a really good friend and counselor. She is a child and family counselor um, about 40 minutes from me. And she started doing this emotional work where you clear emotions from the body and you break agreements that you've made with the enemy. And it was all, kind of odd and different to me, but I knew that God was pointing me to that and saying, yes, you need this. Mm -hmm. And so I had her help. And then of course, thank God that I'm, that I have this intuitive gift of discernment and I can hear his voice because he walked me through a lot. He's still walking me through it. Mm. I love that. I'm not there yet. I'm not exactly where I want to be yet, but I know I'll get there. Yeah. And I'm not exactly where I want to be either. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I want, I think it's so important to never present ourselves, no matter what we're doing, whatever kind of work we're doing, just as Christians, as like, I am perfect. You know what I mean? If you're looking for perfection, you got the wrong chick. But it's a journey where God shows us different pieces and different parts of it. And then as we learn that, to be able to reach back and say, hey, I figured out part of it. Come up here with me, you know, skip over some of the time and the, and the wounds and the baggage that you might have to go through otherwise. So that's the joy and that's the honor. And I love that you mentioned that kind of emotional work. I have done a lot of that myself with Christian um, people, Christian practitioners, and there is a lot there. Um, I think probably in almost any area, but particularly in this area, because this is an embodied problem. You know, this is something that we experience as women through physical acts, you know, and through things that happen to our physical selves. So to say that our bodies aren't carrying kind of tensions or memories or energies around that is, is silly in my opinion. So I love that you also did that too. So you mentioned in your story a little bit about your husband starting, you know, this significant shift. He kind of shifted first and then he started praying for you to experience your victory as well. Tell me what that looked like and how did that happen where he was just like, I want you to feel better too. Well, he's always said the the woman sets the tone in the home. If if the woman's not happy, nobody's happy, and that's mm-hmm. so true. Because we have so much influence with our mood, and I know that when I've been depressed, I've seen the depression on my girls' faces and have hated that. But I just didn't know how to get past it and and how to help them. But um, he he's always been tuned into that, and he knew that if I could get the help I needed that it could be different for all of us. And then for the future generations too, you know, it doesn't stop with us. Yeah, which was actually exactly what I was gonna ask next. That's perfect. How has this impacted your daughters? You said they kind of became aware in the last five years or so as you began this journey, but as you've seen the shifts in yourself, what's happened, what's unfolded for them? Well, ironically, they've, they've both been in a couple of relationships and they have much higher standards now hmm. expectations of, you know, going into a relationship, talking about these things up front. Awesome. What, what are your views on this and how do you feel about praying together as a couple and letting the Lord lead the relationship, those kinds of things. I, I don't think they would be there had I not gone through my struggle hmm. 
come out on the other side, so to speak, because they, they've seen the importance of making that a priority up front. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, that's, you know, go ahead. That's why I admire about you and the work that you did and just making that a priority to learn all you could about that. Nobody thinks to do that. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, you know, I mean, I, it's never the, my most favorite part of my story to say, hi, oh, I had all these issues around marriage and I was so scared of marriage, but you know, it helped me prepare for this so well, because frankly, there was no way that I was going to get married unless I had a better answer than the ones that I'd been given so far. And that made me dig into this before I even got to matrimony because I just, I wasn't willing to, to begin it without some idea of how this could be better. So absolutely true. Um, so tell me when you found the work that we do, what were you thinking? What were you expecting? Like when she first sent you that link, what was the first thing that crossed your mind? Mm, you're not going to like it. <laughs> ah, interesting. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even look at your pictures. Mm. I had to stop your teaching in the middle and just cry for an hour or so. Cause I, mm. like I, I didn't feel like it was something that I could have or that I could experience. And like I said, I just felt like it was so far out of reach. Mm. And but the Lord was saying the whole time, this is me. You can trust this. I'm, I'm going to mm. uh, give you something from this. And so I just kept going back. It took me a few days to listen to the whole thing, honestly, because mm. I ease into it wow. and just keep going back and listening until I got it all listened to. And I had five or six pages of notes by the time it was over too. That's awesome. And you're, I mean, you're just talking about the free training, right? You're just talking about the yeah. five shifts masterclass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just begin to open the topic? I love that. You know, I think a lot of women write in about that training and say that it was eye opening to say the least. And and brought them to tears to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. to, to go even farther with it. But we have been given, or, or really, I think we've been given misinformation and even more so we just haven't been given information. Um, right. And one of the things that I see over and over and over with women who I speak with and work with, regardless of their past, right, regardless of whether they had sex before marriage or not, or were abused or raped or not, um, is that their mothers didn't talk to them about this. Um, right one of the other things God gifted me with is a mother who was very open about this with me. So even though I saw brokenness in relationships around me, I could get any sex question answered that I wanted. And she was a, a marvel with that, with any, any theology question and any sex question, that was a powerful combo. Um, but I think that, yeah, there's this, this kind of, I've heard it described as like a, a sickening pit in your stomach when you recognize what you've been experiencing and believing and how different it could be, how different maybe God's asked it to be. And just that, that miserable shift from like, you know, not necessarily complacency, but just an assumption that this is it to, Oh my gosh, there's more, but it's not always immediately ecstatic. And it can be just this, this kind of brutal process of awareness and awakening. So I think that's what you're describing. Yes. The, the Lord actually showed me through the process that a lot of women stay in a place of denial or a false reality about it because it's so painful. Mm. So I had been in a state of awareness about it. I felt like way too long. That's what brought about the depression and the suicidal thoughts. Cause I, I just didn't see a way out of this horrible, deep, dark black pit. And, and then he started giving me signs of hope and pulling me out. Somehow mm. I 
the whole journey, I wasn't going to stay where I was. And that was a supernatural thing. That's so interesting. What were some of the signs of hope that he gave you? Just if nothing else, so women can maybe have their own eyes open of what to be hoping and looking for. Um, well, the Lord's always spoken to me through songs and movies. Yeah. Um, believe it or not. Um, totally believe it. He does songs with me too. Movies, not so much, but songs always. I hear that song on the radio. I'm like, of course. <laughs> the, um, the Kung Fu Panda movies. Yes, really. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> were, were very enlightening for me. And I felt like he, he had me put myself as the main character and he, he just spoke to me through that whole, I ended up watching all of those movies and writing in my journal things that I learned from it just because it's all about identity mm. and walking your God given purpose and stepping into your gifts. And then that's when the provision and the deliverances and the healing comes. And that's what the enemy don't want us to know. Wow. Yeah. And I, I want to go back just for a second. You said something remarkable there that, is hard to say, right? I, I don't even say it much as a teacher that so many women are in denial around this issue and others that are related to it, right? I think almost everything around our female body, whether it's beauty or body care or intimacy is very difficult, painful stuff. And so it's so much easier to just put up a, a wall and say, you know what, that doesn't matter. Or you know what, this is just how it is and not have to go there. Um, but so much healing is then trapped that we can't access. And so much woundedness is still just in there festering. So I love that you said that. And I want to, and I can even remind you of it, but you may know it by heart if, you know, since God spoke this to you, this cycle that women get into. Tell me a little more about that and kind of how you've identified that or how God spoke that to you. Cause that's just inspired indeed. <laughs> it's so accurate. Yes. Well, it was all God inspired. Um, since I went through the emotional clearing work, I wanted to learn how to do that myself so I could help mm -hmm. other women. And I've been helping some men too. I've had many couples come to me with the porn problem. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Some leaders of churches. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I know. And yeah. I, I just feel so humbled and honored that the Lord's using me in this way. Mm. And if I had walked through it myself, I wouldn't know where I do. I wouldn't know where to start to help mm -hmm. them. Um, but that's, that's where that came from is the work that I would do with them, breaking pride, breaking the poverty mindset. Um, all the, all those are is poverty says to us, I don't have enough. I don't have what I need. So I must need to do something else to get it. Mm. And that's pride. Pride don't have to be arrogant. Mm. Pride at the root is just doing anything in your own power apart from God to try to accomplish something mm. or gain something. That's what pride is. Mm. And it cuts us off. It disconnects us from God. Mm. And that's what the enemy wants because he's able to keep us in these cycles going around the mountain. Mm -hmm. I like, to, like the Israelites 40 years, they had an answer from the Lord, but they kept marching <laughs> around the same mountain. <laughs> So this is, this is how the Lord showed me that cycle is just in the emotional clearing work that I do with others. Um, I started to see that pattern. Wow. That's brilliant. And if nothing else, it's, and, and there's so much else, but that certainly speaks to the power of that work. And I, I really hope that Christians start to take it more seriously. I think um, there's so much there for us that just 
talking, teaching, preaching, you know, even writing, journaling, studying can't necessarily access that breakthroughs are just waiting there and strongholds can be broken through that work. So I think that's awesome. Um, I want to ask you, I think, you know, a bit of a tough question, but I think you can handle it because I hear the awareness here. So as God healed you over the course of this journey, almost even before you got into the intimacy stuff, but you, you mentioned once you got into the course and the other things he led you to, that you started to have a, a better sense of self, you know, self-worth, self-identity, all that kind of stuff. And part of what it impacted was how you presented yourself to yourself, to the world, to your husband. I know a lot of women are in this very confusing feeling space of, well, if I am enough and I don't need to do things to earn more, you know, whatever, to somehow get to something that I don't naturally have, then what is kind of addressing brighter and all these kinds of things, isn't that almost wrong? Isn't that almost in contradiction with the fact that I am enough as is, you know, unbrushed teeth and overgrown underarm hair and all this kind of stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? I like to exaggerate it just to point out the silliness of it. But tell me how that worked together. I mean, you clearly describe it as like, it's not like, oh, I'm, you know, now I'm more self-aware and I feel pressure from my husband, so I'm going to dress up better. This came from a healing of your heart. Can you describe that a little bit? Mm, I didn't like myself. Mm. I've, I've always had the best confidence being a mom. I never questioned whether I was a good mother or not. And I've always been very smart. I'm, I'm, I graduated from a nursing program that was supposed to be, they say, the hardest undergraduate degree you can get. Yeah, I bet. I got that from my mother. She's always been very smart. Um, everything I put my hand to, I found that I could do. Plumbing work, electrical work. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just start to do it and I'll figure it out. It's getting dark here. I need to turn on the light. Um, so it was that kind of thing, except where my sexual identity was concerned. Mm, interesting. That's where I lack the, the confidence. It's just like, I don't know. It was like, that was a totally different personality for me. Does that make mm, sense? Yes. Yeah, it, it was like a different part of myself and it was so disconnected from those other roles. Mm -hmm. You know, women have to wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. a lot of hats <laughs> you're cooking a meal here then you're paying a bill over here then you're making a grocery list and then your your sick father calls and you're taking care of his needs and the church calls and needs a casserole for this family that has death in the family whatever yeah. you know what I'm talking about I do and so it's just it's very easy for us to get fragmented mm -hmm. if we're not careful mm -hmm. I love that you pointed that out. And you know, something that they talk about a lot studying the male and female brains is that the male brain has basically all the same capacities as the female brain and like, you know, vice versa, but theirs is less connected between the two halves than ours is, which simply kind of manifests as them being able to more easily compartmentalize and having emotional responses, but not necessarily connecting that to what happened. Whereas I think what can happen with women is we are excruciatingly aware of everything else while we're doing one activity. You know what I mean? Like I hear from so many women, the baby's crying all of a sudden. I, I can't, I just checked out a sex. <laughs> like, and I'm in mom mode. Um, so it's very difficult for us to compartmentalize. And I think this can often feel like an area that isn't important, right? It's not urgent unless your husband's asking for it or there's an addiction or you feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to deal with this too. But it's something that's very easy to put in that non-urgent but important box that gets overlooked 
Um, and we don't often realize that when this area of our life is healthy and flourishing and in alignment with God's design for it, it can breathe health, life, energy, confidence, everything into so many other areas of our life where we have to play these other roles. So um, I love that you identified that, that it's very easy to tuck away a part of ourselves. It might not be this one. It might be, you know, a sense of purpose around career, or it might be, it might be intelligence and ability to kind of be competent in the world, whatever. Um, but we can often compartmentalize identities of ourselves in a way. And I think that's what you're describing. Yes. Yeah. So this kind of revisiting your just dressing brightly and, and just feeling joy really came out of a healed heart that came to love yourself as God loves you. Yes. And your teaching helped me with that. I'm it so was, glad. It was a process. It didn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. It just gradually came. And I, the, it was, I think the second video or third video you did that talked about the importance of loving yourself and giving yourself permission mm. to, just do something you want to do because you want to do it. And I'd never heard that before. I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of people haven't, but that was very healing for me. And of course, mine is not anything elaborate, but uh, I started doing that. And I want to go back to, if you don't mind, I want to go back to the healing part. Yes. I was at a place where I was having sex with my husband to avoid him being pulled mm -hmm. to another area to look for that pleasure, even though I wasn't really in the mood. So I was doing it out of obligation, which made it worse. Mm -hmm. And so your teaching helped me take the focus off of what he is or isn't doing mm -hmm. and just love me and do what I need to do with me and let God change me. And then it, it fixes that other on the side as a, like a ripple effect, I guess you could say. Yep. I just want to be over here like cheering with my <laughs> pom-poms. That's exactly, that's exactly how it works, you know? Um, and that's what we start to talk about in that first free masterclass that you watched where it's like, we tend to reroute sex through men, you know? And we just think this is a gift God gave them and it's our obligation to help them enjoy it instead yeah. of this is a gift God gave us and a responsibility he gave us. And so we get that right. We look next to us and lo and behold, he sorted himself out more than we thought, you know, or it's easier for us to help him from this mm -hmm. place of health and receiving and everything from God, rather than just being consistently hurt and feeling betrayed and misused by a guy who maybe hasn't gotten his, himself together in that area. Um, so I love, I love that you said that. So tell me a little bit about when you started the course, what did you expect? And then what did you get instead? Like, what was your kind of like, Oh, wow, I didn't see this coming, but this was awesome. Mm. Well, to be honest, I didn't look forward to doing it out. I, I was <laughs> out of obligation too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I hear you. It's tough. It's tough work. God told me to do this. I got to get up and do this. Mm. That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know that I had an expectation. I was open-minded. I guess that's my biggest asset is that I've always been open and my heart's always been pliable mm -hmm. for God to just come in and do whatever he wants to do. Cause I just love him so much. <laughs> when I was 34, 14 years ago, my kidneys failed mm. and I came this close to death. Wow. No one was able to help me. And I ended up on my face in my bathroom floor saying, God, I need you to heal my kidneys. 
and I had been a Christian since I was nine, but I'd never heard God speak until that. That's when my relationship with God really started. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm going to heal your kidneys, but I'm not going to stop there. What about your marriage? Wow. Jeez. God's never one to pull punches. Is he, have you ever noticed that when he speaks to you? It's not like, you know, it's not always delicate and indirect, man. He goes like for, <laughs> for the money question or statement. Wow. I have no idea what my marriage had to do with my failing kidneys, but evidently action. <laughs> and I just said, okay, Lord, I don't understand, but okay. I, I know my marriage needs some work, but what about my kidneys? He said, what about your marriage? Wow. <laughs> would not let that go. And so he said, okay, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Mm. If you'll heal me. Wow. So I made the agreement then to unknowingly, I was agreeing to do your program. <laughs> <laughs> 14 years ago. And I hadn't even, gosh, was I even like uh, not a minor? I don't even know. I have to think my age here. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. But I didn't have it. Expectations. I just knew that the Lord was going to use it somehow to help my situation. Mm, that's awesome. And he has. So what in it surprised you? I mean, the permission, the module around permission is big for a lot of women. And I know that when I describe that, as I'm describing the course, they're often like, oh yeah, that sounds nice. You know, how nice. And then they get in there and like, oh my gosh, you know, that was the one that shifted so much for me. But what else in there was a help to you that maybe surprised you or just particularly helped? Um, the health benefits that you listed were yeah. helpful. I found myself, that was really interesting video because I found myself stopping and pausing the video and writing all this stuff that the Lord was speaking to me yeah. that I could let go of or lies that I had believed I needed to renounce mm -hmm. before I go any farther. He was, wow. was prompting me through your teaching to to do and pray things that you weren't even necessarily speaking. Mm. It was like I said, in my testimony, it was very supernatural. Mm. We need to have but, you do a guest training <laughs> with everything that he said to you. <laughs> I love that. So in our last phone conversation, you gave me extraordinary encouragement. Like, I mean, I wish I'd recorded it, you know, because I could wake up every morning and just press play and be like, okay, let's go do it. Um, it was exceptional. And I remember that you said you had asked God before you got on the call, like, what does Jackie need to hear? What do you want me to say to her? Um, and it really did speak to me in that moment of like, wow, this, we've got to keep going. You know, this, <laughs> this is too important. This is so much bigger than anything about me. Um, man, yeah. this work needs to happen. And um, so I would love first to just hear anything that you feel called to share that God has spoken to you uh, over you about your journey or about the course or about just this whole area. Cause I know that you also have been given a strong call to help against sex trafficking, yes. but um, we'll start with that. And then I'll just give you a little, a little heads up. So you're prepared, but also anything you'd want to share with these women, almost like if something, you know, if God were to speak over women who are hurting and broken and feel lost in this area, what would he share with them? And I know it's kind of hard to like source it on demand while you're on video, but senses that you've perhaps previously received, I would love for you to share. Mm. I'm going to tune in just a second here. You take your time. <laughs> mm, the Lord would have me say, that everything they've gone through has not been in vain. Yeah. 
and he wants to turn their struggles into triumph so that they can minister to others. You and I, Jackie, we can't reach everybody that needs help with this. And so God is interested in multiplying the counselors and he wants them to help the people in that's in their jurisdiction that that's in their realm of influence because it's, this is such a vast problem. And God would say also that he sees their pain. He sees what they've gone through. He has not abandoned them, not once. And he has not caused it, but he does want to use it to bring about something really great. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have to wait till heaven to see it, to experience it. God wants us to have it right now. And he has shown me that we have entered the end times we're here mm -hmm. and he is raising up sons and daughters in the earth to bring his kingdom rule and reign to the earth and drive out all the forces of hell, all the world powers that have been in place, pornography and human trafficking is one of them. Mm -hmm. But the Lord wants to use what we women have struggled through to fight against that on an individual level, but then on a community level, and then it'll turn global. It won't be able to help yes. it because it'll be God doing it, not us. Mm. That's why I agreed to share my testimony. That's why I agreed to do this interview is because of there's a bigger picture here than me and my story. Yes. It is so big. I can't see it, but I can feel it. Mm -hmm. mm. I love that. Thank you so much. I think, you know, there is already such a degree of rage against human trafficking, rightly so, against pornography, rightly so, um, that is largely driven by women. But what I've sensed in it so much is the overwhelming, um, just the, the predominant anger in it, an, an unhealed rage, an unhealed sense of being wronged, of this isn't fair, you have hurt me, and now I'm gonna get you back, or whatever. And sometimes it's, I think, actively directed at men, sometimes it's a little bit more like, Satan is behind all this, we know, but <laughs> I'm really, really mad. And I think that while that can have energy to it, I've certainly lived years of my life in an anger energy, what will transform, just as you're describing, is healedness, you know, is a healed warrior, a healed warrior princess, if you want, um, a woman who has learned and internalized God's design for sex, period, and, and healed her own personal wounds so that what she carries out there is actually light rather than just rage. Mm -hmm. And I, I look like you want to say something, so I want to let you go. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> go, girl. The Lord always has stuff for me to say. <laughs> I love it. He wants to be heard. And so when he finds a, a person who will listen, which is rare, and can hear and will act on it, please mm -hmm. go for it. My sense of justice that the Lord has given me is not just for me. It's for my daughters. It's for my granddaughters. I so desperately do not want them to endure the pain that I have endured. And so this is worth it. I'll go through this willingly for them 
if this is what it takes. I went to a healing seminar about four years ago and the speaker said, if you want to be a part of what God's doing in the earth and you pray to be a part of what he's doing, there's a cost that's going to come with that. Mm. And you need to be prepared for that. And I had no idea what he meant. Mm. I believed what he was saying, but I had no idea what he went, what he meant until I walked through this. Yeah. And so, yes, when the enemy has messed something very sacred up that the Lord created, there is a high cost to be paid mm. to get it back the way God meant it to be. But like I said, I'm willing to do that for my girls and their girls or whoever is coming after me. I want my ceiling to be their floor. Mm, what a good phrase. I love that. And I think, and you know, I know you know this too, because you've written it in your story about your husband's transformation. This is for the boys too. You know, it just the, the extent to which men are confused about female sexuality and attractiveness. Yeah. Makes me want to scream, but we'll get there. We'll get there next. Um, that'll be the next thing we attack. Um, but yeah, just anytime we raise our hand and say, God, use me. It's not going to be this rainbow path surrounded by daisies with everyone cheering you on. I mean, anytime you step up into doing big work for God, Satan wakes up, you know, and says, Oh, okay, well then let me see if I can go push her around a little bit. So she gets discouraged and just backs right back down and silences herself and doesn't make any differences. Um, you're certainly, other people who are hurt or wounded are going to probably be triggered and you're going to hear different things from them. Um, and just the spiritual warfare around this area is immense. Yes. I remember when I was first going to marry my husband and I was telling our premarital counselors, I feel called to work in this area. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And they said, you better get ready then. <laughs> you know, you better make sure your marriage is on lock. You better not mess around because Satan doesn't take this area lightly. So I love that you've said that. I definitely, I mean, that's what's in um, the Bible about the end times is that there's going to be this kind of this revival really of people who are pushing for God's way and who are teaching the truth. And that as much as the bad energy is rising, like this force for good, which overwhelms evil is going to rise too. And so I think the encouragement that you spoke over women is so important and just getting that big Bible picture again of like, guys, we win. You know what I mean? Isn't there, I think there's a, a current Christian song. Is it mercy me? Like we win in the end. Don't forget we win. Um, so to suffer through this, knowing that if you can allow yourself to be healed and then turn around and minister to women, because if you haven't uh, intimate, if you haven't been through it and you haven't understood it, it's very difficult to empathize certainly. And also to be in a place where you can say, well, more than just theory, let me give you some practical tips that helped me survive that phase and get mm -hmm. to the other side. So I love that you've shared this. Is there anything else that you would love to add or say or just have on your heart? Just one thing has come into my mind. I want to encourage anyone listening, if they do have that anger and resentment in place and they're aware of it, because I sure had it. All they have to do is say, Lord, I repent of this bitterness. I don't want to carry it anymore. And he'll do that work of it. We, it's like we have to mm -hmm. borrow the ability to forgive from him. We don't have that within ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if we'll just speak it, he'll do the work of it. And we may have to say it a few times. But the Lord showed me early on, I had to forgive and let go. And I, my husband was my enemy for a long time. And the Lord mm -hmm. showed me, he's not your enemy. Your enemy is someone you can't see. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't married and you didn't have a husband, you would still have an enemy coming against you in some area. Mm. 
So that's what Ephesians 6 is all about. Learning how to fight the enemy and focus on the unseen instead of the seen. We so many times go by how we feel and what we see when we really need just to go to God and say, okay, Lord, show me what you want me to focus on. I don't want to be led by emotion here because that's, that's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. So but true. He'll yeah. Work, he'll do the work of it. If you just speak it and be obedient. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need to know the how we just show up with a willing receptive heart and, you know, basically obey and repent and obey and repent. It's, that's, it's, it's not easy, right? But it's not complicated. Um, and I'm hearing an echo, which is kind of cool because one, <laughs> I think it plays out. This is a repeated process. We do this over and over and over and return to this on a journey. And two, it kind of takes that idea that we're saying of this is going to be magnified from woman to woman to woman and then to all corners of the earth if we just won't stop. And if we'll commit to first getting ourselves right as that kind of healed warrior rather than just perpetuating our own woundedness to other people as a truth. I love it, Lori. You're extraordinary. I am so grateful that you were willing to step out and share all of this. I know it's going to be a huge encouragement to so many women, um, whether they're just kind of randomly stumbling on this podcast or they follow what we do. It's huge. And I know that you're helping your own clients so much on the more intimate level with this kind of stuff and with physical health as well, which is a whole other area that Satan likes to tackle. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here. I am honored and um, amazed. Yeah. My pleasure. It's been a delight. Well, thank you again for joining us. Ladies, Lori is, is exceptional. And um, it's beautiful to watch the women who come to us or who we just encounter or who I meet in the daily, you know, everyday life. And I'm sure you guys have found the same thing where an open, humble, receptive, earnest, eager, sincere heart is all God needs. I mean, like he can make anybody do whatever he wants, but that's particularly fertile ground for someone who's going to change the world. And um, so if that's all we focus on at any point in our lives, when everything else seems out of control, it's just, and it stinks sometimes, right? Because in those moments of I am justified, I should get to do this. I'm entitled. It should be better. It should be different. Um, It is so hard to take our heart back down to God and to the foot of the cross and to say, well, I'm a sinner too, and I'm in desperate need of help. And I know that God actually can help me in this incredibly unfair seeming, difficult, impossible, has never been fixed before situation. I'm going to hand it to him over again, maybe hand it to him more fully and watch him work. Because I mean, there's nothing I think God loves more than showing off, <laughs> you know, than showing his power and showing his love for us and, um, and making a big display of the fact that he is very much alive and well and working and in control. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lori. Ladies, Lori, do you have a website or anything where ladies can go find more information about you? I know you're based in North Carolina area. Is that right? I'm actually, I'm in Tennessee, but I'm closer to oh, North Tennessee. Carolina. Okay. I'm in Nashville. I'm in okay. Jefferson City. Okay. I just have an email. Um, the Lord's kind of had me stay off um, yeah. social media just to protect myself. That's but excellent. We have women mostly women. We have men come too, but I have women come from all over. I have probably 200 and some people who visit me. Uh, and my, I have a ministry team. I don't do this by myself. Thank the Lord. That's awesome. I love it. Well, ladies, I present to you an awesome example of a beautiful heart and Lori, thank you again for sharing your story. I know that we will be obviously chatting much more since you're in the Oak class community and we always have those calls, but it's just been a delight to get to know you better. And again, I'm so grateful for what you're sharing. I'm grateful for you.
Awesome. All right, guys, this has been so gorgeous, even more beautiful than I was thinking or hoping. Um, just an earnestness of sharing an incredible journey that I hope will inspire you again, back to that theme of love letters when all hope seems lost. I think this is an extraordinary story of incredible transformation and redemption that hasn't even fully completed yet, you know, but that has come from a place that felt very hopeless and very dark. So I hope it has inspired you. Happy Valentine's Day again, whenever you're listening to this, whether it's Valentine's Day time or just you want to be inspired by that sense of love, I will carry Valentine's Day with me throughout the year. So I hope it's been encouraging. Definitely come connect with us. If you're interested in the masterclass that Lori has mentioned, that is at bedroombombshell.com, um, a five shifts that Christian women can make to enjoy sex immediately, which is a big, big, bold claim. And as we pointed out, it's not always an immediate shift, but um, it's something that I hope will start to shift the way you have seen this or perhaps been taught around this and the experiences you may have had into what is actually God's goal and design and desire for us. So if that intrigues you and you haven't visited it yet, bedroombombshell.com. So I will talk to you guys again soon. Thank you again, Lori. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by The Bombshell Manifesto. The Bombshell Manifesto is a two-time number one best-selling book, and it's where I really teach the philosophy of the biblical bombshell. After spending years in ministry and now more years running my life coaching business, I see so many young women and even women well into their lives just floundering and kind of flopping around in some of the essential areas of God-created femininity such as their relationship with God, their relationship with their bodies, their relationship with men, with sex, with beauty, with their finances. And I just don't think we have time for that. I think that we are called to do such big things for God while we're here. We've got to get these areas under control, locked on, so we can move forward toward our exciting assignments and massive callings in life. So in this book, I really give you the behind the scenes of my personal journey, struggling with what God was calling me to be as a woman, going back and forth around the over-sexualized ideas of femininity or the completely asexual versions we often see in the church where we're not supposed to talk about that tough stuff. I lead you through the research and the history around the concept of a bombshell, a few personal visions and ideas I have around it, and then the scripture that God puts in front of us as how he wants us to understand the important role we play as women. Do you know that a woman was the way that the Savior came into the world and was the first evangelist of his resurrection and then ascension? This is a big deal, ladies. So hop over to bombshellmanifesto.com. Now you can find this book on Amazon, but if you go through bombshellmanifesto.com, I've got a couple extra fun free bonuses and ways that you can actually get free trainings and audios that take this whole concept deeper. We walk through the 12 pillars of a biblical bombshell, addressing tough areas of life like opening to vulnerability and intimacy, understanding beauty and God's calling for it, getting deeper into our confidence and our security, committing to a relationship with God that blows our minds and more. What I see so much from women and hear from them, and quite frankly, I hear it from men who are looking for a woman to marry or they want their wife to come alive in the way they know that she can, is that there's some kind of tapped in femininity 
that is out there, that is possible, but that's incredibly difficult to find. Women long to be it, men long to find it, and this is the calling that we have as women. This is what we're able and even asked to step into, required, I would say, to step into, to live out everything God has for us. But I see so many women who are stuck in mediocrity and are told that that kind of complacency is contentment and that's where they should stay and they should just be happy with it and, you know, that's life. I don't think that's what God's asking. I don't think that's what we're here to do. And I don't think we have any more time to waste. So join me over at bombshellmanifesto.com. Let's light this thing on fire. Let's get out into the world and do what we're supposed to do. Do what we can do. Be fully who God has called us to be. The bottom line is this. The entire world is obsessed with women, and they should be. That's the way it's designed. We are the ones who continue life, who continue the human race. We are always going to be attracting people's attention. We are always going to be shaping human beings, shaping culture, and pointing people towards something. The question is, what are we pointing them toward? Have we completely released and activated every area of our God-designed femininity to do those things well? I hope you'll join me. I think there's no more important calling on this earth as a woman than to live out her full God-given design and to use it to point people to Him. So let's get this thing started. Let's set ourselves free. Let's set our families free. And let's light the world ablaze with the truth that is only in the gospel. I'll see you at bombshellmanifesto.com.